Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the 307th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by patrons Matt Witten and George VK. Thanks, guys. I'm Oren Kaplan. And I'm Matt Enlow. Today, it's just a classic Oren and Enlow catch-up. We're talking about originality. We're talking about what's going on in our lives. And I think it's going to be a good, thoughtful conversation. We're tackling the question, is it important to be original? Yes. Yes, we are tackling that question. No, it is not important. No, no, it's not important (laughs) at all. So just, you know. And that's it. Uh, Thanks for joining us. This episode was edited by Noah Bayshore. Just kidding. You stepped on the same joke I was about to make. The other noteworthy thing about this episode is we're recording during the day. It's very rare for us Mm -hmm. to do that. I I really like it. I feel so much sharper. I've been thinking so much about what Eric Kissack said to us Mm. about how COVID has made editing better and directing worse. And obviously I love directing and I love all that stuff. I mean, to me, directing is like kind of the culmination of all fields and specialties Mm -hmm. and you get to just combine like the artists and the technicians and the storytellers and the business people and everyone to make something that you're hoping people love or hate so there's something very exciting about directing but just it's just stressful to be on set and like eric mentioned with the masks and the covid precautions and the testing and just the general barriers we have to put Mm -hmm. in between people it does make it less fun you know Mm -hmm. yeah i I think that's definitely true i'll i'll say this because i've been feeling that as well you know i've i've been working a decent amount these last few months um and the thing that i have found is that if you can embrace the remote aspects a little bit more and use them to your advantage that can be really nice for instance my normal board artist was busy he's booked up there's a ton of work happening so of course he was he was already booked but so i worked with a new board artist who lived in st louis and i got that spark i got that special feeling of like oh i love directing i forgot how much i love this i'm collaborating with a really smart really talented artist and we're coming up with things that make the end result even better and i can feel that happening and that's the high that we're chasing there are different aspects of the fun of directing that you get on set that masks 100 percent diminish in la of course everyone is masked and i think even as the rest of the world kind of recedes and they're like oh we're outside let's not you know maybe masks aren't mm-hmm. as important or you can wear a cloth mask or something i think the movie industry is regardless of what people believe they everyone realizes that our ability to work hinges on us managing to not infect an entire crew with covid yeah there there is a shift of like it's less that people are worried about 
getting really, really sick. And that's still a possibility for some people. And you never know who's, who's immunocompromised or anything like that. So it's never safe to assume anything. But there is a, a, a sense that the temperature is like, oh, it's not that I can't afford to get sick. It's that I can't afford a positive test result because that means I can't work for X number of days and I need that income. Like a producer told me that a lot of companies are trying to not do three-day shoots for, for commercials. And I, I actually, I'm not 100% sure if this is true, but the kind of a wild theory, but that on a two-day shoot, I think kind of the, the standard here is you need to get tested within 72 hours of a shoot to test negative. And so if you have a two-day shoot, you can test negative on Wednesday, shoot Thursday and Friday, and then you're mm-hmm. done. But if you have a three-day shoot, you need to, you know, test negative. Oh, on, test again. Yeah, on Wednesday or whatever, you shoot Thursday, Friday. And if you want to shoot on Saturday, you have to test again because you're past your 72 hours. And supposedly a lot of these three-day shoots, someone on the crew tests positive. You know, you have 100 people on the cast and crew. Mm-hmm. One person mm-hmm. tests positive, knocks out the entire production. Um, and so that third day is is lost. So I, I've heard that a lot of productions are trying to figure out how to turn their three-day shoots or four-day shoots into two-day shoots. It's kind of I haven't wild. heard that, but it doesn't surprise me that some people are thinking that way. Tricky stuff. Well, at least numbers, especially in Los Angeles, they're, they're getting lower. Nationally, they're getting lower. You know, hopefully things get better. Before we dive into our main topic, I am looking at some travel jobs, mm-hmm. uh, one international job, and I have really mixed feelings about it. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I got contacted by my my international person today. Oh, interesting. About a job in Romania. And are you pitching on it? I don't know. She sent me the boards. I, it, I don't. It's weird. I think you know. I have a family and all these things. Mm-hmm. I just even flying out of town, the job needs to be kind of good in the U.S. Like mm-hmm. going all the way to Romania, changing my clock, being there for well, ten days. Let me days. ask you. Actually, sorry. Yeah. What does good mean to you? What are the variables that make a job worth traveling for? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like the, the Jordan Brady thing of, uh, you know, either for the meal or for the real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so either it pays well, hopefully it's a multi-day mm-hmm. job and I get like my day rate every one of those shoot days. Or it uh, is really good creative, yeah. you know, like yeah. it's fun. It's a interesting celebrity it's a fun mm-hmm. funny script it's a good concept mm-hmm. it's like like i pitched on this thing i was super excited about that ended up not getting but it all takes place in the rain and so mm-hmm. we would oh that'd be fun yeah just yeah. i haven't yeah. really done a ton of shooting in like fake rain before i've worked on other people's shoots i was a dolly mm-hmm. grip on a shoot that was all rain yeah mm-hmm. and it's fun i mean when you're like young and it's you're with like a bunch yeah. of fun people. It's, it's fun. Yeah, movie magic is fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah. anyway, so yeah, to me, a good job is, yeah, more about the real. If I had to choose between like, hey, this job will pay you 20 grand and it's uh, one day and it's like this celebrity standing on a white psych. You said 20 grand. 20 grand is a pretty solid payday, though. Do you know what I mean? Yes. But if someone was like, like hey. If it was, if it was five, your take home is five grand celebrity on a white psych versus, say, I don't know, 35 grand two days out of the country for a week worth of travel time plus resetting your internal clock. What's better? Yeah. I mean, shooting in town is, is better between those two. I guess what I was going to say is, you know, let's say it was 20 grand in town celebrity on white psych versus three grand fly to Missouri and shoot this thing with no celebrities, non-union, but it's like so funny and like Mm -hmm. this interesting gag and it's going to be 
on my, my website. Mm-hmm. At this point, I have like celebrities on white sites that are just not on my website because there's, you know, not much yeah. directing you have, to, you have to do for those yeah. shoots. It doesn't really show that you know how to direct. I do care, I think, more about the real than the meal in the big picture, because I think the real is what leads to the jobs, you know, <laughs> that pay the meals, obviously. It's funny that you bring up celebrities, because I remember talking to my rep. I was like, what, what's it going to take for me to get a Super Bowl spot? And she was like, uh, celebrities. You just need more celebrities on your reel. And then, and then Super Bowl spots become a more feasible pitch, right? Um, and if you look at this Super Bowl was just last Sunday, and it's like a lot of the biggest spots. Oh, it's like hundred percent Schwarzenegger, Seth Rogen, McConaughey. They're, they're all celebrity driven. And I was like, Oh yeah, you just have to have a list, true a list celebrities on your reel in order to book those jobs. Just a food for thought, basically. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, so let's get down to business. So I'm on the shoot. The concept is these regular people are on a red carpet at a red carpet premiere event. And then we transition to their regular lives after they're interviewed by, you know, the Ryan Seacrest type of person on the red carpet. And we were trying to figure out what the, the transition will be between the red carpet and this regular business. And obviously there's just like a super obvious transition, which is there's a bunch of photographers and flashes going off mm-hmm. and like flash, flash, flash. And then off and of like a, a burst of light. Yeah, we go to like a window or a light or something bright on the other end of things. And we're going from like nighttime paparazzi to mm-hmm. daytime bright sunny day. Mm-hmm. 
And you could yeah. also just do that white flash fade from white quickly for a couple frames to your scene to it. You, do, you don't necessarily have to pull off of a lamp or a bright window or whatever if you didn't want to, right? That's a textbook transition is your point, right? It's a textbook transition. And there's this movie called Superstar with Molly Shannon. Shannon, yeah. Where they do that exact thing. She imagines she's like at school. She imagines that she becomes famous and you know, a limo pulls mm-hmm. up, she comes out of the door, she's looking at everyone, paparazzi's going off, she's getting interviewed, mm-hmm. and then like a flash of light mm-hmm. on her face and it's match cut to her face where we come back and she's back yeah, at yeah. school. So, you know, for a week or so before the shoot, I was like, okay, what's going to be our version of this? Like, what's going to be cooler? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, maybe it is like about this bright thing. Maybe it is like a, a motion matching cut. Mm-hmm. Like Ryan Seacrest shakes the hand of our person. And then on the B side of that transition, someone is like handing that person something, you know, like, mm-hmm, like a mm-hmm. continuation of motion and really planning out a cool shot there. There's a lot of, co- we're shooting three commercials in two days. There's a lot mm-hmm. of different things we have to cover. There's four different locations. Also, and, and this is a, a unique quirk to commercials more specifically, but like it, they have to be hard 30s. So the flexibility that uh, cut from a flash gives you, you can really retime things. Whereas if you're doing matched motion, mm-hmm. that's kind of just the three seconds or it's, it has some amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a fixed amount of time. And so you have to build everything else around that a little bit. Right. And we already have so much dialogue and we've already had to cut almost all our jokes because we need to get all this brand stuff in there. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, um, you know, it, it's a lot to figure out how this transition works. And as I've just been noodling on it, I'm like, I mean, the flash just is so good, you know, and we can just do a mm-hmm. match cut from mm-hmm. our person's face to there. And it's instantly you understand like, oh, this was kind mm-hmm. of like a fantasy sequence that was going on in their mind. Are there cut downs as well? Is it is it a thirty, a fifteen, and a Dude, six? Don't even ask. About it. I mean, there's they want a three and a five. And Ooh, a three! <laughs> I know. Which I was like, that's an animated GIF. Yeah, um, it's just your end card. Um, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a short. End card. And for listeners at home, the reason I'm asking is because like it's easy to plan for the long form or the thirty. Which are two different things. Sometimes long form is like, yeah, you know, there's like, like a, a squishy long, 30, too. 45 or a minute or whatever. And, and you can be like, oh, well, this has got all the cool things that I want it to have. But the 30 and the 15, probably the 15 are going to be the ones that get seen the most. Right. And so you can't prioritize all of your cool shots that just aren't going to really make the cut because that's not the job you're doing yeah. you know and just to make sure people understand that when we say the 15 we're talking about a 15 second commercial mm-hmm. six second commercial right. 30 second commercial um yeah right. and so i started showing people like the actors and everyone and the client and the agency like okay you see this scene from superstar this is basically the idea we're just going to do this thing mm-hmm. but every time i show it i feel like it's not like I have my spin on it. We're basically just doing the same thing they're doing. And I start getting a little self-conscious. Am I just copying it? And, and it's one thing to copy something from a movie and a commercial, but sometimes you see a commercial, like I think you mentioned earlier, you see a commercial mm-hmm. that does something cool and you're doing that same thing. And now you're like, uh, yeah, I mean, it does ju- it matter that talk- I'm doing the same thing that someone else is doing? Well, okay. So, so in my example, for instance, I'm doing a shot that starts in space and goes down to earth level down down to your spokesperson and there's a matthew mcconaughey commercial that does that in reverse basically it's the end of the spot he says like oh something funny or whatever and then you pull out super wide and the planets there and there's a starscape there and stuff if you look for that shot on any stock website there's probably 200 versions of it andrew kramer did a great old school 
super uh, After Effects Super Zoom tutorial on it. It's it is a shot that we have seen before. And so, look, there's a couple things to think about. The short answer is don't worry about it because it's going to be different. It's going to be original because you can't replicate the thing that they're doing one to one. And so inherently you are already putting your own spin on it because there are a thousand little decisions about how you light, how you shoot, how you cast, the location, all of that stuff kind of ultimately culminates into your quote unquote originality. And I think that originality gets a lot of hype, especially when you're young. Mm -hmm. You look at Wes Anderson or John Carpenter or Tim Burton or like Jean-Pierre Jeannot, those people that have like high, high, high style, really overt, explicit, awesome style. And you say to yourself, they're original. And then you look at all those SNL movies and you're like, well, those aren't original because they all kind of look and feel the same or oh, they're parodies right. or, or whatever, or they're, they're just not, their style isn't nearly overt. But the same amount of care and thought and precision and decision-making goes into any shot you know, I mean, that's not technically true, but on a movie or on a commercial, you still have to pick the location. You still have to cast the people who are going to be in there. You have to make the decision of like, do I want more or fewer extras based off of the re- resources that I have? All of that stuff amounts to the style and look of your piece. I guess what I'm saying is that like originality isn't something you can help one way or the other. And we're all referencing film language and you're just using one of the tools in the arsenal. Right. And it's easier to pinpoint, oh, that is specifically a move that I have seen before because it's so, um, you know, the, the variables are, are so specific to red carpet. So you don't get flash bulbs to transition. But I think that's in a Harry, I think that's a Harry Potter transition as well. I think that when they go to like the Wizard World Cup, they pull off of like a reporter flash into. Yeah, I mean it's you a super common thing. Yeah, even it's because it's a good transition, it's like an exposure blur transition. Yeah, yeah, or a whip. no one's ever been like mm, unoriginal whip pan. No, do you know what I mean? But I do think I went through a phase where I overused them. I kind of am like I, I kind of actively try to avoid them, and it's like my last go to. Like uh, they want something a little more active Zippy. here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, there are some directors like an Ian Pond's Jewel or. Like you look at their work and you're like, oh yeah, that's, you know, this person has a style. Well, that's a, a signature style that's very overt mm-hmm. versus, that's a question of taste. That's not a question of originality. Like if you look at Mike Diva, Diva where it's like chromatic aberration and purple and green and like everything's a little cyberpunk, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at Mike Mills where all of the work is naturalistic lighting and lyrical edits and handheld French new wave sort of camera movements. One is not more or less original than the other or, or more or less distinctive. It's just that it's easier to pick out the things that make certain styles unique because they're less common, but that doesn't make them better or worse, frankly. And Frank, I look, both of those filmmakers are awesome and I admire very much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would agree with that. Sometimes I look at other people's work. I'm like, oh, they, they had some singular vision and everything stems from that. And then I, I try to do that. I try to say like, okay, we're going to do this commercial in the style of like mm-hmm. when Busby Berkeley musical type, you mm-hmm. know, coverage or whatever. And then, you know, we run out of time, we run out of resources, we run out of money. We have to now all of a sudden shoot all, all this extra stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, okay, maybe we'll just do like a dolly push in. You know, there's some moves in cinema, like a push in, which are just so good <laughs> at achieving a certain mm-hmm. thing. And, and I have this problem where I'm like, well, I don't want to just do the same old thing. So maybe I'll do well, a, a push in well, and hold on. I, I want to yeah. pump the brakes here though, because I think that this is interesting and revealing. So I, I, what you're talking about is like, okay, there's a v- guiding philosophy. And for whatever reason, you have to break the internal rules that you've set aside for this specific project. You wanted to do it one way and because you don't have the time or the money or whatever, you decide to do it a different way. What you default to mm-hmm. your backup plan that's still the Orrin Kaplan style and instinct, right? Like the thing that you would be like, okay, well, we're out of time, so I'm just going to do it this way is different than how I would do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And I think it's... And, and, that, and that's really what your actual style is. When the shit <laughs> right, hits the fan up. and you're like, I don't know, I'm going to make this a one-er or I don't know, I'm going to do this in cross coverage. Those are two drastically different decisions that are approximately going to be the, the same amount of time. But I would be in crosses and you would be in a oneer, and they would look very, very different. Yeah. My problem, I guess where I feel like the, the anxiety comes or the, or the disappointment, and it's not anxiety, it's, I'm not like. Well, you set a goal and you want to hit that goal because you're, you're trying to challenge yourself, right? But that's different than yeah, original you- versus hack well you're trying to make something that feels intentional to me that that's like a word i use a lot because i feel like a lot of things are random like an editor chooses some you know Mm -hmm. music track and just puts it in the bottom and edits everything you know on top of it but the music isn't setting things up and forming things Mm -hmm. being Mm -hmm. ironic or you know um and so like i want everything to feel like it's coming from like that every decision is made for a reason uh and with commercials it because of what you mentioned that you have to hit 30 seconds and then maybe 15 seconds and then uh mm-hmm. different lengths i get into this I, I i always start with like a real clear vision of what i want and then i start getting into a place of like oh well this camera move is really cool however it takes four seconds mm-hmm. you know and and i need to be able to tell the same story in two seconds and so i or and i feel like you're inadvertently making the the argument for features over commercials. Oh, no, no, <laughs> for sure. Dr- no, for, for sure. Dramatic narrative stuff is you can come up, you can come with a really strong vision and you can stick to it. And eventually it, if you're committed to it, there's a high chance that it'll work because you can establish mm-hmm. a style. Um, but when you well, have uh, 30 seconds, tra- can't. Well, I think that there's a difference between having and knowing you have 30 seconds versus, okay, I've got 30 seconds. And also the same footage has to work for 15 and the same footage also has to work for six. And it also needs to be composed for both 16, nine, one by one and nine by 16. Mm -hmm. That is a really tall order to make all of them intentional. And so really what I'm, I'm, I was teasing you, but it's like, it's really nice to know the final end product is one thing. And the more facets you add where it needs to be different things for different with different end results, the harder it is to make a decision that works for all of them. Right. And the harder it is ultimately to be original. And it's something mm-hmm. that I've, uh, and when I say original, I know it's kind of an abstract word, but it, it's hard to have a unified vision that is kind of driving mm-hmm. everything unless you, you remove that vision from the editing and the camera work mm-hmm. and you put it into the casting. Like maybe the, maybe your vision is like, we're going to shoot this, 
you know, musical, but mm-hmm. we're going to cast mm-hmm. deaf actors or whatever it is. Like it, it, it doesn't have to be a camera thing, but for some reason that's my instinct is I, I like to play with the camera. And so, well, to your very original point though, the directing is a combination of all the disciplines, right? So of course you're thinking about camera. You should be thinking about casting. You should be thinking about all that stuff as well. That's another interesting thing in commercials. A lot of times the casting is, you know, handed to you. We need this type of person and they need to be very accessible. It's hard to do, to break the mold there. So you're trying to break the mold somewhere else. And, and uh, a drawback that I have with that and just like a little, I guess, piece of advice or something to listeners, maybe to some newer filmmakers is, Sometimes I have a tendency because I feel like what I'm doing is kind of cliche or tropey or unoriginal is that I'll add an extra twist. You know, instead of just doing a push in on the dolly, we're going to do a push in on the dolly and the lights are going to come up as we land Mm -hmm. on the the person. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that actually those light, that light part is not necessary. You know, it's not helping you tell the story. It's much harder to coordinate on set. Now the producer is like, hey, this is going to cost us more money because we need a special fader for the 18k whatever and Mm -hmm. so what are you going to lose we're going to lose your extras like there's there's these balances and and i realized like oh i actually the only reason i'm even doing this is because i felt like what my original plan was was a little too cliche you know Yeah, yeah my advice is is to just be wary of when you when you feel like you're starting to just add things for the sake of adding things or for the sake of making things different maybe it's not always a good thing Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I like having a guiding philosophy or or set of principles, because then it, and I, having lots of ideas is, I think, a common trait in all directors. You know, you get inspired, you get excited, you see a new tool, all of that stuff. Um, And and sometimes you don't know which is the best one, but it is your job to choose one. Right, exactly, exactly. And that's why I think if you're, look, if you're thinking about story and you're thinking about and the philosophy is guided by that story, even if the story is this person has a problem solved by this product, which is most advertising, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, if, you, if you have that philosophy, then that gives you a rubric to decide what is an idea that works for this project and doesn't. Yeah, You see what I'm saying? It's not good versus bad. Most people have awesome ideas. Awesome ideas are the baseline. But selecting, is this right tonally? Does this make sense for the story? All of those things are the, are the, the ways that you decide if something's good. And can you afford it? Original versus unoriginal isn't especially helpful in terms of deciding whether or not it's right for this project or not. I guess maybe is what I'm realizing. Yeah. And also why I think, I mean, as obvious as this is, why the concept and script is so important. Because if that's where you're doing all your you're bringing in your mm-hmm. new ideas or introducing something in a different way, or you're playing something the opposite of you, of what you normally see, then you, you can actually go back to your traditional, like fall back to your mm-hmm. kind of go to camera moves and coverage and lighting and all that stuff. And even casting and performances because you've already, the originality is built into the concept. And mm-hmm. so I was going to ask you about writing, like what you think, cause I, I know that's a lot of writers have that fear that, uh, they're writing something unoriginal and you know when we pitch things in hollywood we're always saying it's Mm -hmm. like this meets this you know and uh and it's this fine line where you need to be able to pitch it in two sentences 
and a lot of times by comparing it to other characters or other movies or other shows, but also you yeah. need it, you need it to feel like it's a fresh take on, mm-hmm. on an idea. Yeah. I mean, I think that I am lucky in that my interests are kind of contrasting. Like I like human stories, humanistic ideas that are funny and lighthearted mixed with strong visuals. So oftentimes, you know, genre or action or something like that. And so if you say, okay, I'm going to take a James L. Brooks style story about like a family, a dysfunctional family who falls back in love with each other somehow, but put close encounters of the third kind or they live on top of it. That can be confusing to executives, certainly, but that feels like something we haven't seen before. But the reason that if I'm excited about it is because I personally love to tell story with style and with camera to, to use all of those kind of arts and crafts skills and special effects skills and animation skills and that we've kind of accumulated by making commercials and all sorts of crazy weird projects our whole lives plus personal stories of like people relating to each other. And so like whether people think that's original or not, I'm not too worried about it, honestly. Like, have they seen it before? Haven't they? Like, yeah, they've seen a version of it before, but I know how much I believe in the ingredients that I'm putting together that it doesn't phase me, I guess is what I'm saying. And I think it right. will connect with but ultimately you, you have to sell it. So it doesn't matter. If sure. It, if sure. 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 You but, but you know, I, I do think uh, that's true, but I, I think that the faith in the ingredients, the personal story, you know, like that's very in vogue right now. What's the thing that people are excited about is like, why, why are you the person to tell this story? And I have very clear answers for all of that, even though I am not literally being depicted. It's not autobiographical, you know, I think that gives me a lot of power in the, the pitching and selling process actually. Yeah. I, it's funny because that's a lot of times when people send me stuff to give them notes, my biggest kind of piece of negative feedback is, Oh, this feels like really familiar. You know, I feel like Mm -hmm. I've seen this before, even though, even if I haven't, but then, you know, on the other end of things, it's like, uh, I can't track this. I don't know what the stakes are. I don't know when Mm -hmm. the turning points are, you know, and I think that's the balance both in filmmaking and in writing is how can you just be, super interesting and people not know what's going to happen next, but at the same time be like clear and accessible and, and people can follow what you're doing. I'm being a little woo woo, but I I do believe that finding the reasons why you were drawn to the story in the first place. And then plusing that, that feeling of anxiety or joy or excitement or the, the things that got you really excited and really digging down to what gave you that charge as a guiding light will help all filmmakers stand out because if you can give that charge to other people even if they've seen it before that's what we're chasing is that jolt that you know so yeah and once you start making it it's like so important to communicate it to the Mm -hmm. crew and the financiers and all those people because it's so easy for you to have this whole plan and then to show up to set and the art department has Mm kind of not like yeah well they don't don't really get it yeah yeah and they just bring you kind of the wrong thing or the producer's like, can you just get a version of it like this also that breaks your mm-hmm. plan? Yeah, yeah. Well, the question is, 
do they get it in a way that you don't or do they not get it? <laughs> they, they don't get it. I mean, I think you and I are lucky that we have enough experience to know that like we can be a little bit more you know, confident in our ability to execute the idea. But it is important to double check yourself and know that you're not being unclear. And certainly as a younger filmmaker, I had moments where I was like, they just don't get it. And I was like, no, I was 100% wrong. This is just confusing. It's not that they're not smart enough to get your art. I was too dumb to understand that people didn't get my art. Yeah. Certainly is a thing that happens, especially as a young hubristic artist. Yeah. And also sometimes you just start really doubting yourself when you shouldn't sure. because sure. no one else has thought about it as much as you have. So I guess moral of the story is try to be original, but you know, don't kill yourself. Just be true to yourself. You can't help but be original in a certain sense, honestly. So just be clear and be, you know, push yourself and, and don't worry about it. Well, thanks, Oren. This was a this was a good one. Uh, yeah, thank you. Do you have time to do an unpaid endorsement? Unpaid endorsements. Very quick endorsement. I watched the first episode of Pam and Tommy, which Eric Kisak edited, previous guest, and I really enjoyed it. The first episode is like ninety percent Seth Rogen, which I was shocked because I didn't. I knew he was producing it, but I didn't even really know he was a main character. But yeah, I haven't watched the second episode yet, so I can't tell you if it stays good. But I did see Eric today. And I said, hey, I watched the first episode. It was pretty good. And he said, uh, please keep watching it. So it's probably good. Check it out. It's on Hulu. Uh, my endorsement is even more lowbrow, actually. Is it iPhone? No, it's season 33 <laughs> of The Amazing Race. Wow. Uh, and here's why. How many seasons are there? 33. This is the <laughs> okay. current one that's coming out. So what's interesting about it is that they started off the first three episodes of this season were shot in early 2020 mm. and then they had to stop down They're like at the end of one of the episodes phil walks out you know the icon the man himself and is like hey everyone we can't do this globe trotting adventure race show currently for safety reasons and so we'll see what happens we don't know but we're gonna stop and then fast forward they all have to kind of pick back up and resume their lives like a year and a half later to finish out what is truly an amazing race. So it's, it's genuinely interesting and cool. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll yeah. check it out. So there's some twists and turns. I don't know if you have to keep going, but I think as a meta commentary on the nature of the pandemic, it's kind of fascinating and maybe is going to go down as my favorite pandemic piece of culture or, or, or art. That's saying a lot. Certainly season 33 of The Amazing Race is going to be better than the one act play that we see in Brooklyn in 10 years about uh, people who just like live in a studio apartment and started dating and then broke up uh, mid pandemic but couldn't move out or whatever. Right. It's common. Matt is and ruined like, your next play. So check it out everybody. Yeah. Well if you want to know more ask us a question. Give us your comments on how important you think original stuff is. Email us at justshootapod at gmail.com You can follow us across all social media at justshootapod. You can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash justshootapod You can find me on Instagram. I'm at ocaplin. I'm on Twitter. I'm at smiteypileg And I'm at Mr. Matt Enlow across all social media this episode was edited by Noah Bayshore. Thank you, Noah. And you're listening to music provided by the Free Music Archive and the artist Jazar. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 